Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Guys, today is a special one for me. I have my friend and mentor, Anne Samoylov, joining us. She has been such a gift to me in my life. I don't know of any leader who invests more generously in their people. She has a nickname among her community as Mama Anne, and we all mean that. We are her tribe and we love her. So when I invite Anne onto this show, guys, you better listen. There is no one that gives as generously as Anne Samoylov. She is an online entrepreneur and educator and host of the Fearless Launching Show and has a program called Fearless Launching. She shows you how to get that idea released into the world and in front of the right people. You name the kind of idea it is, she's worked on it, and she has so much valuable input for today's conversation and for each and every single one of you listeners. I am so thankful to have her in my life, and it is such a privilege to share a little bit of Anne with you. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hey, Anne. Hey, Kelsey. (laughs) I am so glad you're here. I, this has been a long time coming because for for those of you listening, Anne is one of my most cherished people in my life and she has just invested so much in me and I'm going to save all my woo-woo sappiness for, for later, but I think it's important for my people to know how important you are to me and how much you've invested into my life. So I am so honored you're here today. Goodness, Kelsey, I got to say right back at you, you really are one of the dearest people um, in my life. And I am so grateful that we met last summer. I'm really, really grateful for that. Me too. We need we need some more LA weekends. We do. We do. We need some more LA time. Some more Santa, Santa Monica brunches. Oh, count me in. Let me find another $27 flight. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's yeah, right. 848 sky miles. But um, <laughs> I would love for you to kind of just share um, how you got started, how you've evolved, what you're doing, because I, I love your journey and I love hearing how people have gotten to where they are and what they're doing. So tell us about you. <laughs> okay. Um, well, just to kind of say right now, I have like a completely online business. I I have a few select clients that I work with and help them on their launches and help develop their products and programs and things like that online. However, I haven't always been doing this. <laughs> As you know, uh, I was working in project management, I guess, or production really in Los Angeles for years, literally uh a decade or more, a little bit, and working in visual effects and computer graphics. And it's a really, what I like to tell people is that I wasn't like, um, that wasn't my chosen path even. I, I went to school for film, film production, just straight up film, you know, production, video, all that stuff. And I just found my way into visual effects. And 
the reason I stayed there is because it pays much better than normal production here in LA. <laughs> and so I'm like, um, on the studio set for 16 hours a day for this much a week or in a nice like cool office with a bunch of digital artists for that I'll take that and so <laughs> I kind of got sucked in for a long time with the money but it was rare it was very like a stressful job because I didn't know all the technical pieces I kind of just had to be like okay I, I know these are pieces of the puzzle and I just figured out you know what that process was but I didn't become like an expert necessarily on the process of creating digital effects. Um, and what happened over time after that kind of period of long period of time, I just was really unhappy. And I started recording an album on the side out here with some amazing people. And I didn't want to do then I just kind of didn't know if I wanted to do that. I did some extra work on TV shows like The Office and a good not super oldie but kind of old crossing Jordan I was definitely on that a lot and um so after that I started to teach Pilates I got I was certified I, I spent like a year doing all of my training and practicing and I then I spent like the next five years I literally just like went off the production grid I said it's too stressful it's not creative at least with this kind of thing I feel felt more creative and I just needed this crazy change. And so I taught Pilates for five years until I got pregnant with my daughter. And then slowly after she was born, I kind of like kind of died down in the teaching Pilates thing. Um, and that's when she was around two years old is when I started working with Laura Roeder. So you know, being a mom at home, I think this is very common, Kelsey, is that you are looking for things you can do, like, and ha be around your kids and not, you know, sacrifice that. Um, I, but to be honest, I'm not like one of those, I, I'm not one of those natural mothers, honestly. <laughs> Which is ironic, because your nickname is Mama Aunt. I know, it, it is pretty funny that that is my nickname. But like, so I, I mean, I had I had my daughter when I was late 30s, you know, so it's not like I had her in my mid 20s, like I kind of imagine most moms who really want to be moms having their kids. And so, so I always knew I wanted to do something else. So it was like, okay, I can't just be the mom, I got to be something do something else too. And that's, that's kind of when I discovered the whole online business space. And I started getting really obsessed with all the things and did, you know, bought my first info products and joined Marie Forleo's coaching program, which she doesn't have the one that I joined. But I kind of got into this whole world, then discovered Laura Roeder, who is the owner of Meet Edgar. Um, now, but I worked with her for three years. I then helped Marie and Laura launch B school. Um, and I, I mean, so much happened just because I just was like curious and I looked, okay, what do I do next? And, but if you see, there's like all these weird little side careers that I did leading up to this, you know, like the production and the Pilates and I was doing singer songwriting and producing some studio management, of course, with the Pilates. Um, and then it kind of circled back around to me knowing I wanted to do something more creative, more like impact more people and also be more flexible. 
Yeah. Would you say that the diverse, you know, sometimes we, we look back and we're like, why did we do all these random things that led (laughs) up to this? But would you say like your diverse experiences and learning something new, you know, out of left field really prepared you to, to be in such an innovative space because online business is always evolving. And so really those experiences, even, even saying, you know, you weren't the most, you know, expert visual artist, but yeah. you learned on the job. You learned as you went. Um, yeah. It, I feel like that serves you well for entrepreneurship. Okay. So here's, here's how to connect. Here's how to connect visual effects, even Pilates and doing this business. They're all just like for, for visual effects. I just needed to know, okay, this, this part of the process goes first. This type of person does this. It's just pieces kind of of like a puzzle. And, I just figured out what that process was to do that. Like, so if if it was, okay, a concept artist has to do this. And then after the concept art is then approved, then we send it to this person who's going to then mo- make a CG model. And, and like, so like, okay, and they're going to need this piece of software. And so it was really just being able to the, the skill of being a, able to break something down, which then if you go into Pilates, I had to do the same thing. I just had to say, okay, here's my body. Here's the person with the body. They've got scoliosis and they've got arthritis in their neck or something. And then it becomes just a matter of breaking down kind of like their protocol, what they need. And so, I mean, with the technical background in visual effects, and then also just looking at humans and look like, what does this individual person need? I feel like that just honestly, like coming online and yes, being part of the launch of like, I feel like one of the biggest online programs that it was kind of easy. I was like, yeah, it's just little parts. Yeah, you do this and do that. And you separate it out and then you go forward. (laughs) It's like, it was all using the same brain. And I think that's really important for our listeners to know that like whatever you're doing does, even if it feels irrelevant right now, it's making way Mm -hmm. for your dream. If you have dreams of doing something else down the road, what you're learning on your job right now can be applied to whatever you're doing. And even as I look back, every single thing I've done taught me something Mm -hmm. for what I'm doing now. Would you, would you agree? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and I would also say that, um, the things you don't realize about, let's say, when I when I look back to having day jobs, I'm like, well, I'm glad I learned that lesson. I mean, heck, I'm using the word CBB now, could be better, all the flipping time in my business, um, which means could be better. Like, okay, and uh-huh. could be better. We use that in visual effects. That is actually like a direct thing that I brought in from the production world. But I just feel like too many people are just like, I like are like just focused on how they feel unfulfilled in whatever they're doing. Whereas I was like, okay, I'm learning this. I'm going to pull this. I I kind of would look at things and be like, where else am I going to maybe need to learn this? This is valuable. I don't know where it's like learning math in elementary school. You're like, where am I going to apply this? (laughs) (laughs) But at some point along the way, it was important that you learned it. Yeah. And maybe you don't know right away, but you do it. It, the skills do build on themselves. So whatever you're doing, there's definitely going to be a place for you to use that in the future. I like that. The skills do build on themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one thing that I learned about you that I didn't know was that, um, 
Did you take an internship position with Laura or something? Yes. And I love... No, it's funny. That was the ad. It was a social media and project management intern. It was the most ridiculous name for like an ad. But she just, she emailed out to her list and she asked that. And I was like, well, I'm not an intern, but I'm going to just tell her. And, you know, she never, like the second we met, she was like, oh, I see what I need now. Yeah. Well, okay. I want to touch on this because you had a... (laughs) Six-figure job, yes. am I right? like I mean, yeah. a well-paying job. You had moved out of that because of the stress. You had gone into Pilates, but now Mila's in the picture. You want something that's a little more accommodating to your schedule, mm-hmm. and you are willing to take an internship. And I think that just speaks to your character because a lot of us want success overnight, um, and it, it seems like it's possible, but it's not. It's really smoke and mirrors. <laughs> but I would love for you to kind of touch on, okay, like. I think I heard you say, you know, I'm not too good for any position. And so everyone has to start somewhere. Um, What was Mm -hmm. it like to take an internship position, even though that changed and evolved from what I understand pretty quickly? Yeah, Um, I mean, it definitely did. And I think it honestly, this is where I might actually sound a little bit like, "Mm, I don't know. But I (laughs) in my mind, I was like, this ain't it. This ain't an internship what she needs. I know exactly what she needs. So I'm just going to do that and be that. And then it's whatever. So like, I already knew, like, I'm the type of person who takes ownership of whatever I'm doing. So even if it's not necessarily my role, I always go above and beyond. So I already knew what I, I felt confident in what I could bring to the table for her. And yeah. I made her stretch like when we talked about, you know, money at the very beginning and even like like even before I started, we realized that the position wasn't an internship like after we had had a few different meetings and and so I feel like I feel like I just jumped in. I was like I know what she needs. I know, like the my response to her she was like, "Oh yeah." Like she she didn't I think she was worried because that was in the beginning kind of phases of her business where she had a tech person, she had another girl who was doing PR and maybe affiliate stuff, but not like not full time for sure. And then bringing someone else on like me was a huge step for her. And she wasn't really sure could she pay that person Um, um, maybe as much as which at the time it was even like so little. Um, now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, why did I say yes? But I know why I said yes, because I knew there was an opportunity there. And I think um, I also went into it with like that very learner's mindset. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, I like her type of business. I like what she's doing. She's creating these trainings online. I want to know how that's done. Okay, let's do this. That's my that's my other part of my that's my other part of my pay <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. So I just got past the money really quickly. And like within a within three months, you know, she we kind of talked and she we decided what the things were going to be a little bit different, better, like for me, <laughs> more, <laughs> more money, obviously. But then within like a year, even I was like her director of operations. So it wasn't like I went from intern to director of operations in like a year. But I um, think that speaks to like the possibility when you're yeah. willing to be humble and learn. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I think that's how people get promoted. You and know? honestly, I don't see a lot of people who are willing to do that right now. I mean, I've worked with a lot of VAs and I, I feel like people get in their box and they're like, 
I'm not learning anything new. Sorry, I'm not learning that. And I'm like, well, I got to move on. So I was just willing to just jump in. I didn't know Infusionsoft. I didn't know any of the things, any of the systems or tools Laura had, but I was like, I'm going to learn it. And guess what? I'm an Infusionsoft customer now. That's what I use because that's what I learned. I learned it as I was going. And it, I don't know. I just feel like working with an entrepreneur who's kind of got their business like, like steps ahead of you is a great way to get started. Yeah, I think. So if you're a self-starter and I'm kidding, (laughs) I'm not going to run my ad for for a team member, but you you want to come be our interns. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I seriously, I think it, it, it's, it's pretty incredible to really hear that story because I I mean, we've kind of, introduced you a little bit backwards. If people don't know exactly what you do, you are the launching queen and expert and the messaging, you know, goddess of the online space. I like that messaging goddess. I, 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 I just had to call you that. I just came out of me. Um, <laughs> it's what the, it's what's floating in my subconscious. So that's what you are to me. Um, but, um, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that like, for who you are, the fact that you were willing to start as an intern says a lot. And I think that's something we can all learn from and say, okay, like we don't have to be too big for our britches on month two of running our business. Mm-hmm. You know, while an ad does promise, while a perfectly targeted ad on Facebook might promise you, you're going to be a millionaire tomorrow. That's not really reality. Yeah. Uh-huh. I actually and- really think too, that I think more people who like I'm a, I, I don't want to say I want to work with more people like me, but I sometimes do because I when I get excited about someone and someone what they're doing, I'm like, I just want to work with that person. I don't care how. Yeah. And I, I know I can learn something from them. I know I can share something with them. And so I just look for those opportunities and I stay super humble and yeah. just say, you know what? I can learn here. There's something here. And by the way, Kelsey, this is why um, in 2016, 17, I, um, Marie Forleo called me back up because we hadn't worked together for like years since the first couple of launches at B-School because I worked with Laura, but that's a whole other story. But she called me back up. She's like, okay, so there's this weird thing that's happening, you know, and that, that I might need you for. Are you open to that? I know it's really not exactly what you do and you're not launch managing. And I was like, pretty much when Marie calls, I would say yes, like Maybe that's like giving her too much power by me saying that. But I just like love her team. I love what she does. So I'm like, sure, what do you need? I I said yes, and I don't even know what she needed me to do, really. Mm -hmm. Because of who she is. Yeah, and because of like that history that I already have with her, I'm like, I know she's she respects me. She's not going to like, you know, I I know that about her. So I don't know. So I just – yeah. Or you go ahead. <laughs> no, I just like I like like it might sound kind of lame, but like when there are certain people, if they call me, I say yes without even asking what they need or how much it's going to take of my time. And maybe that's not smart, but I also know where my growth has happened. So now when those people call me back, I'm like, uh, yes, fine. Yeah, sure. And I think there's something to that because even what I meant by who she is, I didn't mean her level of fame yeah. or anything like that. I meant more of like what she carries. So when yeah. you recognize, you know, last year when I applied for your beta program, I was like, I want to work with Anne. Like I, I, you know, heard a webinar, you know, a few years ago and I was like, it, it's people's essence that sets them apart, you mm-hmm. know, and 
when you recognize a gift that someone has and their character and their essence, you're like, I just want to be a part of that. And I know like whether if it's not monetary, I will reap the rewards of learning right. from someone like that. Right. And I, and actually the, I think that you can also, you can look at your return on investment money and like, I don't know, like the, what you're getting back, what you're getting paid comes in different forms and there's different types of currency. So in a sense, if you're like, this is how I'm getting paid through this, I know that there's going to be something, some amazing growth out of this. And you're not, I think if people stop kind of focusing solely on the dollars that they're going to make as a result of something, that they're actually going to make more. I, oh. I really, truly believe that. Oh, yeah. I mean, any any team I've ever been a part of that was more to just serve and to not, you know, be paid for the project. But I knew like this is worth this is worth being invested in, um, whether that's with you or Amber. Um, yeah. Amber it, is it, another person, too, that when she asks for anything, I'm like, of course, I don't care what's going on. I'll do whatever you need me to do. Yeah. And, and so you and Amber are two very special women in my life, especially in my business space, but really in, in my personal life too, y'all become friends and mentors. But if we're strictly speaking business, you know, no money has ever been exchanged, but my business has doubled. And so there's something to say about that by just being in your orbit and learning from you. Yeah. I, and, I, so, and that's why, that's why, Yes, that's why I surround myself with everyone that I, that's kind of like what I look at for everyone that I surround myself with. Yeah. And what I've gained personally is so much more value through my relationships with you two as examples is so much more valuable than monetarily. Mm -hmm. But it is a perfect way to highlight, okay, when you are willing to learn from someone money or no money or intern versus, you know, director, what you later became, what you learn in just wisdom contributes to the bottom line of your business. Absolutely. For sure. So, I love that. Okay. Yay. So, okay. You went on to, um, you know, become director of Laura Roder's business and then you've gone on to, you know, freelance on launches, but you really, you have developed as you moved out of those more project based, um, you know, contracts, you really have built an, an online program and training for entrepreneurs across the board to launch without fear and to really also develop their messaging. So kind of tell everyone what you do. And, and I have some good questions for you. Okay. Um, well, started with just a six module online course, um, fearless launching, which kind of has now become really the brand, everything that kind of stems from that. And really was just created out of knowing two specific audiences of people that I was working with as a result of Marie and Laura and created that. And honestly, I ran that for years. Like that was it. I did that and that and that <laughs> for, I launched it twice a year. And um, it was only in the last year or two that I started building out other programs like the one that you were part of last last year and like you're in the community now for the Message Lab, which is just a program that actually 
helps you come up with what you're actually going to say and share during your launch. And But I feel like there's a bigger kind of impact that it can have on just your business and how you talk about what you do and how how you share and where you share and what you're actually saying. Um, so that's the message lab. And now what I've done, because the fearless launching, I not to say that, that like a six module online course type of model is is gone or is somehow dead. But for me, I needed it to change because I didn't feel like I was fully reaching the people that I wanted to reach. So I created the Fearless Launching Lab, which is more, which is, which is actually hasn't even really fully launched, publicly launched yet. And it's a membership site because I feel like the thing with launching that was missing from Fearless Launching was really from the first course was that launching is something that we keep coming back to. We're constantly trying to master. We're trying to get better at it all the time. And yes, it's important to understand the underlying kind of foundations of what hap- what do you need to put in place to actually launch a product or a service or a course or whatever, coaching programs, all that. But then it's coming back back to each of those pieces and things change over time. You know, there's, there's a whole, I mean, the way people are launching now foundationally might be the same, but we're just using so many different tools and platforms and all that. So that's why I created the lab for that because of that reason. And also to serve more people who, you know, you're already spending so much money potentially on launching, on getting a team and putting together ads and, and doing all of the things you have to do, like having a website designed. I mean, that's thousands of dollars there. So Mm -hmm. I was just personally, personally over the $2,000, courses because I'm like, oh my God, someone can use that to do something else. Um, And I want to be able to support people longer than just six weeks. I am so excited for, um, your membership program to open up because I think um, the level of support you'll be providing and just an opportunity for people to learn from you at an accessible level is, is really going to be a win for everyone. It's going to be such a gift to um, people who are just trying to figure things out. So one of my, that's it. One of my that's favorite um, exercises you had us do in the message lab um, were the rants. So can oh, you yeah. tell us, about your methodology for the rants because they're very purposeful. Um, you know what? This the rant kind of evolves, but rant, I mean, in general, I think the word rant might have like a little bit of a negative connotation because it sounds like you're just gonna go off and just spout off at the mouth and like, let me tell you this. <laughs> but really, I look at I look at a rant as like kind of like your most hyper like exaggerated version, uh, like, I don't know, I think this comes actually, let me go back. I think this comes back from performing. Because when I would be recording or performing or practicing, we would often do like the most ridiculous, purposely ridiculous versions of let's say a song, like sing it as sappy country music, you know, with as much twang as you can, or with this kind of accent. It's also something I did in theater as well. And so you do it in this really kind of clearly not you in everyday life version. 
and and sharing that if if you do you see what I'm saying like yeah. imagine you're like singing a song and and you're just singing it in your normal voice and then sing it in the most ridiculous accent possible a dramatized version and loud and maybe totally <laughs> off key and really how we did this in the message lab was that Imagine you're talking to someone who's literally what you do, what you offer is telling them about it is going to save their life and their life depends on it. Maybe you're holding them over a cliff. You're you're not there. You're holding their hand. You're like saying, hang on, hang on. And how would you share, first of all, in that most exaggerated way, what you do and what you offer to them? And, and you get that out of your system and get that out of your system and get yourself saying those words. And then slowly, and also this, by the way, this can be done with writing, where you write as much as you possibly can stream of consciousness, the same kind of process happens, then you go back to it, and you're able to be like, wow, that was really good. That was really good. I'm pulling that out. And then the rant actually becomes a little bit more dialed in and becomes a little bit, it becomes easier. And you just kind of keep practicing it and practicing what your message is, who you're talking to. You, you get you get more clear and able to just speak in a normal voice. Yeah, I'll say, you know, as someone who's done it, um, I never like really thought to, to try that out. Have no performance background, like no performing bone in my body. Um, <laughs> And I, um, you know, the first time we had to rant, I think I started on something and moved into a different tangent in my rant and then realized, oh, that's my message. I think you have me talk about the Enneagram and I really didn't understand how I could weave that into what I'm currently doing. But then as I just continued ranting on why I'm passionate about it and why I really feel like it can, it's really important in order to steward our purpose and our business to really understand how we're wired. And I think, you know, it was that little nugget, but it took me ranting to get there. And, and the other thing too, was just encouraging you, encouraging people and to do it on video in that small group. And when you start doing it, like at least in a very safe space, I mean, you're just able to do some really, you're just able to have a little bit more fun with it too. Um, and, I think that you start to hear, I think we forget, like we think we, we actually start super dialed back if we're not ranting. We're like trying to come up like, hi, my name is Anne and I help, I serve creative <laughs> entrepreneurs. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's not me. So just be the most obnoxious. Actually, the way that I described it is, um, and I have this friend who does this. He's like the perfect, he like rants all the time and he doesn't even know it, but he it's like when you're telling something about something you're so passionate about that you're pretty much spitting because you just can't shut up and you're just like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And I went here and I did that and it was great. Like that could be where you start is like something that's how passionate you kind of have to be to like get that core message out. And then you can start kind of, you're naturally anyways going to chill out and bring it back down in front of many people. Um, but we don't have to, don't just get it all out. Let your freak flag fly. Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, golden nugget of the episode. <laughs> exactly. Let your freak flag fly. I, I can't yeah, even I, say that. I am spitting right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ants on her rant. Um, no, I just think, yeah, I thought it was a really helpful and practical exercise for developing your message. So what, what, 
um, made you passionate, you know, about moving from, you know, launching to, oh, we really need some kind of some guidance on this messaging piece? Um, I think it's because it's something I just talk, think about all the time. I think about how things are perceived and how thing, how, like what, like I'm always, I'm always in that very curious state. And I think honestly, there was an interpersonal communications class I took in college that left a mark. And I'm always thinking in terms of like, how do I connect with this person? How do I reach, how do I say this in a way that maybe it's just being a mom because yeah. you're constantly like, how do I share this in a way that's not going to upset the other person or that makes the other person understand and get inspired or whatever? Like, so I'm always thinking about that kind of stuff. And I thought, honestly, when I first did the bait, when I did the call to do the beta, I don't even think I even knew that we were going to go there. <laughs> honestly, I thought we were going to go, let's come up with our launch communication and let's create it all together. Because it's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I think I think that's kind of because I've always been really passionate about communicating and 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 when I was doing performing, there was that element of I want to like even though the lights are down, I can't see anybody in the stage. Like the lights are really bright on me, and actually that's good. I want to still make someone in the audience be like. Oh, snap. She's talking to me. Oh, my goodness. She's talking to me. And the, or like cry. Because, like I had like this thing where I was like, I want to bring tears to someone's eyes. Like when I'm when I'm singing, but it's only because I wanted to so much connect with them. Oh, I love that. So um, how would you say performance? I, I really I have this conversation with my friend Griffin quite a bit. because She has kind of a performing background. She planned to go to Broadway and we've noticed um, her relationship with failure or things not going perfectly is different than mine because I never had to go to auditions and get turned away. And mm -hmm. so sometimes her relationship with entrepreneurship is a little bit healthier. So how would you say per <laughs> performing backgrounds, you know, help someone in the entrepreneurial space? And I know this seems like a, a strange question, but, you know, we've talked a little bit about performing and I've seen, you know, and, and this could really lead into fear how has that served you in getting past fear of rejection? Because I know, you know, mm -hmm. in the performing space, you're going to go to auditions, you're going to go to all kinds of things, and you might get turned away just because they already have a brunette, you know? And um, how has that served you well in the entrepreneurial space? And how can someone kind of get past that fear of failure if they don't have that background? Because that was me, oh, and I, I feel like I've learned on the job. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, okay, so first of all, when you're a performer – you're obsessed, addicted, and always seeking applause. So that's actually a downfall, kind of okay, sometimes, yeah. if you don't get that. However, because you're always in search of it, you're okay. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but like, if I feel like I'm on stage, I'm, I'm rocking and rolling. I'm sitting here, like, in my PJs, pretty much. <laughs> and no one, like, my daughter is here, but, like, I'm not, like, I feel like I could be on stage right now. So when you get that rush of being on stage, that kind of takes over everything. That's why I'm not scared. And so all I can say is that performing, basically, 
performing here's the crazy thing Perf just think about this performing in front of one person is actually scary because it's intense it's like yeah. you and the other person imagine just singing to one person and just oh like God, doing the whole thing i had to do that and i was like oh this sucks and <laughs> but i feel like it just gets you kind of in the zone where you don't even think about it. It's almost like the lights are on. You can't see anybody. They can't see you. Let's just do this. I, I, all I can say is I think that it just got me used to just being up there. And I still care. I actually care quite a bit about people's reactions. I care probably too much. So I don't know if it's very healthy the way I am. Honestly, I'm going to just yeah. be straight up with I that. I think it's more of a healthy relationship with yeah. putting, putting yourself out there yeah. and like kind of an understanding that we're going to win some, we're going to lose some. We absolutely are. And I, I do think that, you know, I, I didn't go on a ton of auditions, but I did go on enough to be like, and got, didn't get some of those or you know when I was doing extra acting work and stuff like that there were definitely times when I wasn't the one chosen for the small speaking role that was on the office or whatever <laughs> and I guess after a while that just kind of makes you just not take it personally and I yes. think that that's what I always remember it's not personal like okay I'm not for you cool let's go let's keep moving and you just have to think let's just keep the train going let's just keep the train going if one person and I also look at this like I have friends I'm a social person people there are people in my life who love me so let's duplicate those people and keep trying to find more of those people yeah so how what would your advice be to someone to on how to not take it personally because it feels so personal. It does. It does. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I still get, I still um, take it so personally. Like I'll every once in a while, I'll receive an email from someone and I'll just be like, wow, you actually just sent that to hurt me. Um, and I'm like, do you know I'm a real person? That's what I want to reach back out. And honestly, just what helps me deal with it is that I vent a bit to my friends or I vent and I, or I just go, well, you know what, whatever. But then what I do to not take it personally is that I try to respond with compassion and just be like, I don't know what they're dealing with. I don't know what they're, what, what happened to them today. I don't know, you know, what just happened before they read my email, they came to my webinar. I don't know what's going on around them. They could have the most messed up situation. And so that's why I even though it it might sound weird, that's the way that I I try I stop myself from getting super crazy when I'm driving in traffic or <laughs> or I'm on a webinar and people or someone might send me an email or or a launch might not go well and I'm like you know what? There's a lot going on. Sometimes I'll have to be just gentle with myself and be like, you know what, Anne? There's a lot going on for you. Yeah. And you know what? You got this out there. And you got this many people believed in this enough to sign up for it. And so, so I just try to have compassion, whether it's for myself or for other people, and just realize that we're all going through stuff. And so that's how I try not to take it personally. It's just like, you know, maybe that's weird. No, I think that's really important, you know, especially – you mentioning just not only having compassion for other people, but for yourself. Yeah. Um, how have you learned to develop compassion for yourself? And, and, and what has been your relationship with perfectionism mm. um, in running your own business, whether, you know, it was different at the beginning than it is now? What does that look like for you? 
Um, you know what? I haven't always had that compassion for myself. I'm very, it's, it's weird. Like, so part of me pushes, 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 like, I'm doing this. I don't care. I'm going to get there. But I love that process. I always think of Gary Vee because he always talks about how much he loves the process of like the winning, the losing, the the fails. I actually love it too. And I realize that I'm like, yeah, I love that too. Yeah, so I'm not where, where the ultimate place that I want to be. So I start having compassion with myself because, and that's only happened in the last couple of years where I've had to be like really for other reasons, non-business related, really dive into who I am as a person and also just be aware of other people's situations and realize, honestly, I think honestly this happened really over the last year when I met you guys all in the message lab. And it was amazing to me how many people had similar exact things happening in their lives Mm -hmm. or had had things happen in their lives that were similar to what I was faced with. And I was just like overwhelmed by that. And so I feel like over, it takes time to, to be like, to not punish yourself for not getting to where you want to be or having failures here and there, or, you know, so honestly, it's just taken practice. Like, okay, Anne, you need to be your biggest kind of hero here. You need to be okay with whatever's happening right now. And I I can't say there's any magic way. It's just over time, I just kind of kept my eye on where I was going and just kept on going, failure or not. I, you know, that, that resonates so much with me because I've seen such a, a shift. I don't give up. <laughs> yeah. A shift in my process. You know, I feel like you were very much there when I was on a ledge in November of 2017 and just, you know, felt like I failed really turns out it wasn't a failure. It just didn't meet my expectations of perfectionism. Absolutely. And that, that, uh, yeah, that's one thing I didn't speak to is that perfectionism is that I've never had the I've got to be everything to everybody perfection really I I feel personally like I failed if I don't if I don't help a person like and someone I let people down but I'll often be like yep I'm gonna put this out there because I'm like this is a great example this is an ex- this is an important example to anybody who is in this world with me and is going on this journey with me is that I'm willing to put put things out there, even if I don't think they're perfect. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I've mentioned this in another episode recently, but one artist that, you know, love him or hate him. A lot of people hate him, but, uh, my husband and I love that. I think, you know, on his last album, Kanye released an album that was imperfect and he got a lot of like lashback, um, from the music community and the creative community about how, you know, bad it was. And then he he released updates. So he released the album imperfect and then he just kept updating it to show the audience his creative process. I love that. that. I thought it was fascinating that A, he was willing to do that and take the lash back when people misunderstood, you know, on those first few rounds that I intend for this to be released imperfectly. Yeah. Um, you know, people think, oh, this is the final product because that's how we're, you know, conditioned to, to, you know, receive music. But I just thought that was so important and really neat because not many people are willing to let their work be seen in the process. 
You know what? I think that is so true. The, you know, this actually goes along too with, I, I keep mentioning him, but Gary, Gary V is also was talking about like how important it is now to be documenting what you're doing. So if you make documenting part of the release of something that you're doing, like some piece of work, I mean, I think, I think that's so powerful. And I, I think it's important too, for people to understand that, like, we're all evolving. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we do a webinar and it doesn't land. So we tweak and refine it and do it again, again, and and again. And And we keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. I mean, that's what, I mean, that's, that's what I know. I have clients and I have friends who do that all the time. And, and you have to, you can't just be like, well, that webinar didn't work on to the next one. Nope. You have to figure out what we're, it's not as simple as that. You get to, you have to dive in to the details and figure out, you know, what wasn't working. Can you do it again? Get somebody else to look at it, whatever. Yeah. I, I really appreciate people talking about the process because nothing is perfect on the first release. So how has your product and programs, how have they evolved? Because I know, um, from what I understand, you suggested that being bundled into, was it Laura or Marie's program first? And they were like, no, you release it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, for- I totally forgot about that. That So right the, the fall before I released Fearless Launching for the first time, you know, I'm, uh, of course, I'm probably overly committed to the people that I'm working with. And I told Laura, I'm like, hey, Laura, we could do this because she and I had actually already co-created something that we did that year um like a product so I was like hey we should do this you know this is definitely the next step for the people in b-school and creating fame people you know they need that too and she's like uh I don't really want to talk about that you go ahead and you know if you want to whatever she didn't say if you want to do it she just said no I'm not really going to do that and I'm like okay I guess I will then um so (laughs) it was as simple as that um I mean I I just kind of decided like if there's a need for an audience and I can see it and I feel like I was already doing that work I was the launch manager for that for those products why not right yeah yeah I love that you know it it kind of nudged you out the door to do it it really did I mean uh, a friend, another friend kind of can't help me was she didn't come up with the name completely on her own we we were going back and forth on it and then I still wasn't sure if I was going to launch it. And so I did a bonus kind of training for someone else who already had a launch program, which was not really launch strategy. It was the launch tech part of it. And then because I was like, well, I'll be a launch um, bonus for her program. And then when I did decide to launch it like that next February, (laughs) <laughs> oddly enough several of those people who heard that bonus came into my program Come on over yes <laughs> so and so how has it evolved and um you know why what made you really focus on the fear component with fearless launching um well i think that when i th- when i talk about fearless fearless launching i always think about the moment that you are like okay i've been working on this and it's now it's time to push that button to go live to do this. And I know there's so much fear in just putting something out in front of other people to get their reaction. You know, okay, people say that you can make money doing this. I'm a little scared. I don't know if this is my audience is going to like this. Is everybody going to 
you know, unsubscribe from my mailing list. <laughs> but in that moment when you actually hit live, tell people you're doing something, that's the moment that you're going to be fearless. You ha- In that moment... And I think fear is great because it informs you of like where maybe you might be stuck. It might be a real fear that you should really consider, you know, depending on what it is. But so I think fear is a great tool. But being fearless is like in the moment you make a decision, you got to take action. Boom, you hit the button, you go live. It's not as simple as just one button to go live, by the way. (laughs) Of course, we know that there's many buttons to go live um, during a launch. But I I. That's how I got into that. And I actually think that even for myself, and I don't think I've spoken to you about this, Kelsey, but um, because of the last year, I was really working on uh, other people's products. And I did the beta last spring, uh, last summer. I hadn't done a launch in a long time. And actually, to be honest, it, I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was, I had fear. I was like, oh no. Yeah. I, because one, by the way, once you get out of the practice of doing something, you gotta, you gotta get back in. There yeah. is, that fear is not going to go away. Right. So you still got to be fearless in that moment. Press your easy button, <laughs> your launch button and go. Yeah. And it, it's probably too, like, you know, I feel like we, we learn a lesson and then graduate to a more intense version of the same lesson. Oh, so for it's sure. kind of like more state, you know, it's the same lesson, just more is at stake. Every yeah, because time. I mean, sorry for interrupting, but like, it's like once you first, it's the fear, the, the unknown, you're not really sure if it's going to work. And then once you've done like the second, the third launch, there's more at stake. There's a different kind of fear. There's like you know, you have like other, and a a lot of fears I think are in your ego are kind of based there. Like, what are people going to think of me? What are, is this going to, you know, for me, that's what my, my fears are around that. Like, how are people going to perceive me? I'm supposed to be the person who knows how to launch. And what if I have a bad launch? That's like a fear. (laughs) Oh yeah. I can imagine. um, But I just go with it because I am like, you know what, if it is, it's a teachable moment, people. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'll say my second launch was scarier than my first launch because oh, my sure. first launch, I winged it. The second mm-hmm. launch, I had way more strategy. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that fearless component is really helpful because we're all going to battle that in some way or another um, yeah. regarding, you know, our business at, at different different points of the journey. So, Absolutely. um, man, this, con- this conversation has been jam packed with so <laughs> many good tidbits. How can people work with you? What's coming up for your new membership program? Tell us about that because I really want people to have a place to really get an opportunity to work with you. And I will be, you know, the spokesperson of like, it <laughs> changed my business to work. Oh, oh you're so, man. you're so sweet. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you can go to ansamoylove.com. That's my site. And that's I, I publish there pretty much weekly, but I have a weekly podcast, The Fearless Launching Show. And we just talk more about these topics. Like, uh, honestly, my if you want to know what my rant is, it's all that that we should be looking for our own way to launch. And you don't have to follow the guru, the done for you, the template, the checklist. You can have those as as guides but you really need the the magic really can happen when you veer off of those and you do your own thing that's yeah that feels like more honest and more you and more you know what your business is about like because a lot of the 
I'm all about the done for you templates are for they were made for someone else's business. You can use them, but you have to kind of make them your own. Yeah. Um, so go over there, check that out. And then you can also check out the Fearless Launching Lab, which will be coming soon, very soon. The founding members are in there now helping me kind of figure things out, what, what we're going to be doing. And our first mentor is a copywriter, a sales copywriter. So we're really excited to have her on board. And really what, what I'm doing is I'm creating this community where it's very mentor-based. It's very mentor-community-based Yes, there's still going to be trainings and videos and downloads and all that kind of stuff, but it's really where people can have access to experts that aren't just going to come in for one session or a Q&A and leave. They're going to be part of the community and able to give that feedback during, you know, during the time that they're in there for that month. So that's what I'm creating. It's kind of like this little incubator that I have had this dream of having. I have a dream of having one in person, but... The virtual one is fine for now. Yeah, I'm ready for the one in person, but I'll yeah. be in the virtual one for now. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's kind of what I'm doing. I mean, the message lab will – I've got all these labs. Right now, the Fearless Launching Lab is a working title, so we'll see. I don't want there to be any confusion. The message lab is like a, a longer coaching program. Right. Um, and we'll be doing that again in the fall. So. Very Cool. Well, Anne, it has been such a treat to have you. And I am so thankful for this conversation. I think our listeners are going to love it. So thanks oh, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. Duncan is here to keep you running with a much needed taste of normal to work, home or work from home with the coffee you like just the way you like it. Whether that's a small hot black coffee, your daily 2 p.m. latte, or a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant and a medium iced coffee with oat milk, one sugar, two pumps of caramel, one pump hazelnut, a swirl of French vanilla, and a shot of espresso. I call it my p.m. pep rally. You should really try it. Whatever it is that gets you running, Dunkin's got you and always will. America runs on Dunkin'. Skiing, riding, sledding. No matter how you Vermont, please Vermont safely. Cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, snowmobiling, snowman building. This year, that means a seven-day home quarantine with a negative COVID-19 test or other travel guidelines. Ice skating, ice cream eating. So we can all Vermont safely this year. Dining, antiquing, shopping, fireside napping. For full COVID-19 travel guidance, visit VermontVacation.com.